Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. Well, you've certainly gotten the dander up with everybody, haven't you? What do you mean? You got Nick Wilson coming after you? I don't think they're coming after me. I think they're coming after you and Owen. All I said, I didn't make a comparison with Kevin Stefanski. You did. All I was asked was Mm -hmm. if we take the Titans game lightly or if it's an easy win. And I said no. And you asked why. And we both, Owen and I said at the same time, Mike Vrabel. That's all that we said. I didn't say anything. And then you go, does anybody think about that with Kevin Stefanski? Then Mm -hmm. Owen said, I saw Mike Vrabel. Do what he did with Brett. That's Owen. You put it on Owen. I didn't say anything about Denny's menus. No, no, I did not. Sure, but I also said I you... think Stefanski's a pretty good coach. Yeah, and I well, like him better than that. Zach Taylor. I said I think Kevin Stefanski's a pretty damn good coach. So what's years. the problem here? Well, the problem is nobody, Who do we inc- including the hosts here. Maybe Nick Wilson will think differently. Now I can't wait to hear him on the afternoon show. But I haven't oh, heard gosh. anybody. I haven't heard anybody indicate that that would be the reason that you'd be afraid of the Browns. I just haven't heard it. I haven't heard any national people say that. I uh, I listen to a lot of people throughout the weeks and months, and it's a long offseason. Uh, I've heard people talk about why the Browns are going to be good this year, and that's Deshaun Watson, full season. I've not heard Kevin Stefanski. So is Now, we can debate, like, why is that? Why is that that Mike Vrabel gets that because what did Nick Wilson say immediately? He said, uh, they had the same record last year. And to that I said, yeah, that's why people think Vrabel's a better coach because they were the most injured team in football last year and they had to start Josh Dobbs and Malik Willis in their biggest games of the year. Um, they were not healthy. By that's every, right, they had to start budget. Josh Dobbs to make the playoffs. Yeah, and, and I know it was bad division and all that, but they lost seven games in a row and I didn't see Mike Vrabel really get all that much criticism. Because it's genuinely been considered that he's a really good football coach. We can debate the merits of that, because then Nick Wilson said he has one more playoff win than Kevin Stefanski. And to that, I'd say again, who's had more talent in the last three years? I'd say the Browns. Yeah, I mean, nobody's been saying the Titans have, an, have a Super Bowl contending roster. Well, you're arguing with me, not we've Nick Wilson. Sa- we've said that about the Browns. Mm-hmm. So, what's the difference? No, wish I had more for you. I mean, maybe maybe I'm missing something here, but if if Browns fans, if you had the choice right now, would you rather take Vrabel or Stefanski? And normally that that's a tough poll to pull off 
in Cleveland, Ohio. I, well, but that's part of it. But is even that in we're, Cleveland, I think Vrabel would be a runaway winner. Well, we're still shell-shocked well, to the 2019 opener, though. I think uh, I think Ken Carmen can instantly change the fates and fortunes of these two head coaches by picking one over the other. And if he cared about the city of Cleveland, he'd say one name, and it rhymes with Schwabels. Schwabels. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my uh, father-in-law worked at Trables for uh, 42 years. Congratulations on all his success. Yeah, he's retired now. He was a baker. Uh, the, uh, well, well, you want to get into that tomorrow? That's fun. Oh, sure. I, I Listen, as somebody who has said time and time again, like I, I think we've got a... I, when we say good, I've, I've said before, I think we have a good football coach. There- but... That would not have stopped me from going after Sean Payton. I mean, I, I want a great football coach. There's no, there's, and I don't know that we have a lot of evidence that Stefanski's a great football coach. I, I will not deny that we have not gotten what we want out of our organization, out of our talent. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt. We have not gotten everything that we can get out of our talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we all keep saying it's a talented football team, is it, it's a talented football I mean, is that a question that we should ask on the show? Well, is it I a talented think, football team? No, I mean, I, I do think people... At the end of the year, after last year, and again, it, a lot of it's to fit your arguments. Like, if your argument was that Andrew Barry didn't give them enough and hasn't drafted well enough, you're going to say it's on the front office. If you want to go the other way and say that you don't think Stefanski's done a good enough job, you're going to say the team is loaded with talent. But by the end of last year, a lot of people were like, we're not as talented as we thought we were. Look at all the, forget about depth, look at all the starters that just aren't that great, that we thought were, were really great. I mean, I remember a few years ago, we were talking about Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham being one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. In reality, were they? <laughs> were they even top 20? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look back at it. Mm-hmm. So we, we overestimated these They both had 1,000 yards at one point, so they were top 20 at one time. I know. The thing, though, and, and maybe Jarvis didn't overachieve, but I feel like Jarvis overachieved and Odell underachieved. underachieved yeah. mm. And so the balance there wasn't... Because you looked at it and you go, oh, well, if Jarvis is going to do this, then we just get Odell back to where we know he can be. But you never got that. And it really hampers what you're doing. And it, it, when you look at players or the coach, right, it's kind of both right now. I, the problem with the NFL is that everyone's good in the NFL. Even the bad players are good at football. They just can't crack mm. a lineup. <laughs> they're, re, they're relegated to special teams. And some players, if you can't contribute there, you can't make a roster. And the Browns are now going to be hamstrung with the contract stuff. Mm. Where, and you're right, the drafting, you brought it up on the show today. Drafting better in the top end of the draft gives you a longer window. Like the Elijah Moore trade, I think it's a pretty good trade, right? For the assets that they had to give up to get a guy who was a is as talented as what they would have drafted here. The only problem is you've already lost two years of control on that contract. The Jets used those two years. You don't get that back. And so now you have a two-year rookie instead of a four-year rookie. Uh, right. That's why I don't understand. I didn't understand that at all. It's coming out of the, everybody from the Browns I organization. Said it today. They keep saying this was our second-round draft pick. Well, then, okay. Right now, you've got you've drafted a bust in the second round. But when you've paid like a quarterback, a bust. when you've paid a quarterback, what you've paid a quarterback, that second, not only does he have to be really good at playing football, he has to be 
exceed his his worth in every for way. a longer amount of time. Yeah, true. Well, we'll see. I because I'm I'm electing to blame it on Zach Wilson. Hopefully, I'm right. I blamed a lot on Zach Wilson, so I'm hoping well, they that I'm right about four that. quarterbacks last year. Yeah, and Garrett Wilson was tremendous. He was awesome. True. Yeah. Well, he's definitely Elijah the number. Moore was not. Yeah, awesome. but nobody's yeah. complaining that, yeah. or no one's comparing Garrett Wilson to Elijah Moore and saying that Garrett Wilson shouldn't be the number one. Like Garrett Wilson's definitely the number one. Yeah, but is the thought that the balls to Garrett Wilson were somehow more catchable? No, but, more but I would say than they were to Elijah Moore because I've seen people continue to bring I, up this this catchable rate stat, which is of course one thing we've got we've got to come to understand. When in the PFF wars again, this, it's the same thing in the NBA. I see contested shot variance. Um, I see so much of this when defensive metrics in, in the NBA. I mean, guys, PFS numbers might not be yours. They might not be the same way the Browns grade them. They might not be the same way the Patriots mm-hmm. grade them. Just because you see a stat, pass rush win rate. Okay, that's how PFF looks at it. Get a whole set of other coaches in that film room, and they might have yeah. a completely different number. Well, but we are so tethered to these numbers right now. Like the spark score thing, obviously that's more of a that's more of a uh, a quantitative assessment more than qualitative. RAS. Yeah. Then then they look at those numbers, and the Browns are married to those numbers. I mean, we we except we know for that. Siaki Ika, apparently. I know. I know. Well, they've broken some of their guardrails in the last year yeah. because I think they recognize being slaves to the guardrails have gotten them some of the worst rated drafts since Andrew Barry's been here. Okay, I, I commend them for starting to see what their weaknesses were. And reacting to them because you have to, you can't just keep going down the same path. Well, because you, you need tough football players. I mean, and and football is, you know, this is and and this is a legitimate thing. I I think that you can think with Paul Bedesti. Though people call in, I I roll my eyes so many times because people call in and say the baseball guy. Well, baseball is more cerebral, so you know what you see is what you get. You know, there's you can't go up there. And go, I'm going to hit this mother bleeping thing. Like, you can't do that right? well, you in can, baseball. You, you look to the dugout real quick and then glance back. Yeah, you, you but you have to, but honestly, you, you play the averages and, and there's there are but rules ha- and numbers in baseball that say that certain guys can only do certain things. And there's there are exceptions to the rules. I think that Jose is a bit of an exception to the rule in baseball, but for the most part, you are, you is what you is, you are what times, you are. How many times have we watched Josh Naylor go up there and try to kill the ball and strike and, out? Exactly, and I think that that's what's so frustrating to a lot of people who watch him and frustrating to sabermetrics people. Right. But when it comes to football, you can, you cannot... No matter what we try to do, you cannot eliminate emotion. You cannot eliminate right. what it takes because it's still men running into each other. No matter what we take out of it, it's still and it's still a very tough game to play. And injuries happen at a much higher rate that happens in baseball. So you have to have a deeper bench in football than what you have in baseball. So that means you're doing even more in depth work. And so I think for a lot of fans, it might be a little bit more upsetting that you're a you might be more of a guinea pig than you are the new way. Of how 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 much of what the Browns do works for other teams as opposed to is the way to do I'll your you, business. I, I think it's been proven in the last three to five years. I mean, you gotta remember Sashi Brown was here too, and he was kind of the architect, and they were they were tearing it down. So uh that has to be factored in. So you can't crush him for losing when you know you're kind of actively losing to, to get draft picks and get really good draft picks. But with all that said, uh I think it, it, it can be said other teams have used analytics in a better way when it comes to the drafts and when yes. it comes to team building than the Browns have. Now, So if you're using an outlier method, but it's a method that's gaining steam 
and then other teams have passed you with that method, then that's when you come back to how safe is Andrew Barry? How safe is the front office and what you've built? I mean, they, uh, they, they've had guys plucked, and what? True. People were looking at Glenn Cook, right? Yeah, oh yeah. People have been looking at him. So, I think he had an interview last year. So obviously yeah. there is a level of competence here, just according to other teams in the NFL. Other teams, that never used to happen with the Browns. Nobody wanted any of our guys mm-hmm. for the longest period of time, from the front office down to the coaching staff, with the exception of one, Kyle Shanahan. That was like the one guy that it seemed like other teams you know, a- actively wanted. So if you're going to go with this method and stick to your guns – and other teams are doing that method better, then it, it causes, it probably makes Haslam think, wait a second, how did the Eagles tear it down and build it back up again as quick as they did? Yeah. Well, you could always look they at the Browns. They won the Super Bowl in 20, what was it, 2017? Well, 17, I don't think yeah. you, because we always say copycat. Here we go again, they're back in the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, we Completely always say different team. copycat, 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 but it's not where you copy every move. You take a little bit of this yeah. from this team and that from that team, and you could do what you can feel what you think is best. And if it works for you, then someone's going to take something from you. And that's kind of how it works. So I, I don't know if the Browns are the, uh, obviously, clearly they're not the blueprint right now altogether, but I th- I bet there are some things that they do. Clearly, if they're hiring oh. general managers to other teams, though what they do, that that do work. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably like um, uh, Quasi Adolfo Mensa up in um, Minnesota, I think that people would look at him and say, Okay, I, or I think that he would look at this situation, I should say, and say, I'm taking this, this, and this from Cleveland, but I did not like this, that, and the other. And we're not going to be doing that in Minnesota. Well, I wonder how Viking fans feel right now. I don't know. I, I, I don't listen to a whole lot of I mean, Minnesota Sports Talk Radio. They have a quarterback of the future. They, they have a quarterback that can get them to the playoffs, they but they don't. A, yeah. they, they won a bunch of games last year. They hired this guy from the Browns who was you know, working alongside – Andrew Barry and obviously Andrew Barry and Sashi Brown and you know that all comes into consideration and it's like boy are we gonna tank it out the next three years we're mm-hmm. already we're already just trading guys away for f- fifth and set or whatever the picks to you know multiple fifths like I if you're a Vikings fan I'd be like man we are about to experience the pain well, no I think you pain. get to the playoffs one more year and then you experience the pain I don't know oh, I think they they could be a playoff team again this year. I don't know if they're going to win 13 games like they did last year. And again, I thought that a lot of what they did last year was not... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Playoff worthy, and it wasn't, but... Didn't they have a negative point differential? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to share this with you. So during one of the breaks, I went in and I walked in... um, because I, I did, I wanted this, and we started talking about the Browns, and, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about with the Browns with the regular show. Uh, I didn't want to spend too much time on the, the regular show yesterday about the Disney trip, because I did kind of want there to be some... I, listen, I, am, I, I was shocked. I am not a Disney guy. That doesn't mean I begrudge anybody who goes to Disney, all right? Like, I do think that the there were some people who were there by themselves who just wanted to be at Disney World and ride the rides at Magic Kingdom. I'm going, you know what? This is not my deal, but you go ahead and you enjoy the hell out of yourself. But I got to tell you, I was very annoyed today, and I love her. I love her dearly. But I went into the other studio where Jen and Tim are, and I knew I was going to be annoyed, and I knew I just had to get this out of the way because I didn't do it yesterday, and I knew I had to do it today. I knew Jen was going to make a big deal about my family's trip to Disney because Jen. Why didn't she listen to the Tui, podcast? She does. She doesn't like sports. Uh, Jen Tui loves Disney, loves it, the whole thing. And her whole thing was you're going to go down there and you're going to love it. You say you hate it. You, you say you hate it. You say you hate it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Like their whole thing was you're going to completely change. And so she, you could tell when I walked into the studio. She had her heart set on me telling her exactly what she wanted to hear, which was how much I was wrong, how much of a great time it was, how great it was for the kids. And you could tell I stomped on her heart when I was like, nope. I said, she goes, what was your favorite part? I go, leaving. She goes, what was your favorite ride? I go, "Uh." she goes, you didn't have a favorite ride. And then she asked, she proceeded to ask me 15, 16 different rides right off the top of her head that... I would. I didn't even know existed. I did not even know existed in any of the theme parks. Did you not of do the Disney the, World? Do the research? Like no, I didn't went? do. I didn't do any of like that stuff. I, Liz did. When when we just went to New York, we watched so many videos to figure out which restaurants, which cocktail bars, which lounges. You were an active which, participant. But, yeah. So why I was not? You why were trying to you maximize have, your time in New York? Yeah, I wasn't. Why wouldn't you have done that if you were going in assuming the worst? Why didn't you try to see what other people did that they liked so much and? Uh, see how it corresponded to the stuff that you I just might never like. thought I was going to like anything. Oh, there's definitely a video. Some guy out there going, <clears throat> I thought I was going to hate Disney, but here's how it's awesome. Oh, right? I think and they're all that, that way. And, yeah. I think they're all that way. And I just, I don't, uh, I, I don't adhere to that. I knew going in, it wasn't going to be a very pleasurable experience. I, uh, I knew that, but I also knew that I was, I would enjoy seeing my kids have fun. That is not the issue. So I got, I wasn't going to sit there. Like I knew I, I had a video, and it was a gag of the parade coming mm-hmm. by me and me just staring at the phone. That's a gag. Obviously, I wasn't having a terrible. T- I wasn't having the worst time of my life for crying out loud. But it wasn't the best time of my How life. How did the parade compare to the Owen sixteen parade? It was more extravagant, <laughs> but you could tell the budget was bigger with Disney. <laughs> So I, I I look at what the uh, I look at what they had to work with at the Owen sixteen parade, but I could just tell Jen was so disappointed because I'm like I'm not giving you the answers that you want and I'm not doing that on purpose. 
I told you before that it wasn't my trip. And I said, I looked at Jen. I go, Jen, I've, I went and I am back now. And it's two days since but, I've come back to work. The sell job's over. I don't need to be sold on how fun Disney is. Well I was there for Jen, a week. As well as Jen knows you. And she knows you pretty well. Yeah. For something we've, you know, every day for seven years on the same shift. Yeah. Or, well, you've been eight years now, yeah. right? Uh, she still doesn't know. I Like, I could tell the minute... You have made your mind up that Disney was not going to change your feeling on it. No matter no, what Disney I, did, you were going, and I, I commend you for going and enjoying your kids because that's what it's about. Yeah, that's, parents, I smiled right? through the entire thing. Right. I wasn't going to be a and jerk. That's what I don't remember who I told, but I said, man, look at these pictures of Ken right now, smiling ear to ear. Like yeah. the boys, the boy, you know, Eli, especially in. When Eli's 10, or not Eli, I'm sorry, Jonah, when Jonah's yeah. 10 years old, he's not going to remember this trip, really. He's not. He's he's still just not old enough yet. Yeah. He'll remember the memories that are captured. And so in that trip, he'll go, man, Dad must have been the best dude in the world. Yeah. Thank God. Right. And you probably were pretty good. You know, for them, because it's a lot different than yeah. having some punk throwing a frisbee at your TV every day. I, yeah, right? I wasn't miserable. I was not miserable because I I went in. I thought I went in with a healthy mindset. I mean, if I wanted to sit there and be miserable, there were a lot of people I think who who decided they were going to be miserable. I was not one of them. There were plenty of people who sat there. I, I I'm again. I'm as observant as I possibly can be of other people around me. It's just always been that way, right? And at a big gathering like that, I'm just listening constantly, Tone. And this is something you got to watch out for because Owen's been there and he's seen the strings. He's done it. You'll have to do it at some point. Constant fighting. The couples constantly fighting. Um, the constant bitching of the price. Like people love, yeah. and I and I understand that people just love to complain about price. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I knew going in, I go, this is not a cheap well, experience. I, I understand that it's monopoly money if you're if you're getting to do this. I go, there's no reason for me to sit here and to complain about the price of everything. There was nothing that threw me off, and I said that to you on the show yesterday. Um, There were a couple of things, like the guy, and and there were a couple of things that I learned a lesson on. I I don't want to bring kids too young. I don't think that you should take Izzy too young. If if you're asking me, you're not asking me, but I'm going to tell you. That seems pointless. Um, it, It looks like a pointless, horrific experience that's fun for nobody. Because I saw so many infants screaming their faces off in hot weather. And they have to nap. Yeah. And their parents look miserable, and their parents look like they wanted to choke each other out. So the parents, how do they do it where they bring two different ages, like a a seven-year-old and a a two-year-old? Or a one and a half, yeah. or an infant. Because you have to hit the right, you have to How hit the right that, age. That's impossible to be able to bounce that. But I bet you, you saw it. No, Axel. I'll tell you this: Axel's seven. He'll be eight next month at the same day you're eight, or the same day you are forty-two, because mm-hmm. you guys have the same birthday, which is odd and fun. There was some stuff he was kind of acting like this is for babies oh. the, at the at the Magic Kingdom. Really? Yeah. And so I didn't he's say too nothing old to for him. Disney? I didn't say nothing to him, but I'm like, I don't think you're, he's too old for Disney. But I, like, I do get where there's probably some. There is toddler programming, so there are toddler based activities that an eight year old boy is too old for. Yeah, yeah. They don't, but they don't listen to the show. They didn't hear me mm-hmm. say any of this, right. and I didn't say any mm-hmm. of that stuff. Right. I didn't say I didn't like that stuff when I was when I was a kid to him. I never said any of that. I've never said that to his face. I've never said that in earshot of him. 
So that was him and his own thoughts and his own friends saying this is for babies and whatever. So that was a little bit, on that end, that was a little bit disappointing. I think that there were a couple of lessons I learned. I told you there was a guy who, right when we got there off the monorail at the ticket gate, there was this family. They were all wearing matching shirts. And they it said, Disney is better with cousins. And the one guy was letting this woman have it. And she was just standing there smiling at him. And he finally walked off. And I go, I don't want to be that guy. I do not want to be an oh, a-hole yeah. here. No, not going to do that. Go ahead. Because it's, you it's know, embarrassing. if you're haggling money, like there's no haggling. You're there already. Yeah. It, these yeah, aren't these you. aren't people that just came over from. The tickets they, are already bought, by the way. They took a day off yeah. from Kissimmee High and they're coming over to yeah. the to the and park. Like, there yeah. are several checkpoints before you actually get into the park. There is, I mean, the parking, then the security, then the tram, then more security. I had a separate security for my bag. I had a separate security for the stroller right. oh, that yeah. I had to get the kids in and out right. of. I had a separate security for Liz's bag, like all in, all under that thing. Then you get on the monorail. Uh, we didn't have the tram because with with Eli we were able to park close. Um, but with the monorail, you get off the monorail. And there, well, by the way, there's another ticket booth if you're buying tickets. We had already bought the tickets, obviously. And then, <clears throat> then you finally click in your ticket on your phone and you like put your finger in there in case anybody gets lost. So they have your fingerprint, oh. which is another way Big Brother tracks you. Yeah, um, That's I'm sure. Incredible. I'm sure. That, I'm sure Uncle Joe has it now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you finally are able to get into the park. And when we're doing the fingerprint thing, is when the guy is losing his mind. And I'm going. This is embar- This man is embarrassing what himself in front saying? of all. He was just. He goes. You think you could treat people like this? I'm going to tell you. Like I'm like. I don't know. I can't imagine the problem this guy's having. It's as simple as put your phone up to this machine. There, it, it yeah. makes like a lighted circle. Then it flashes green, and you put your finger over it, and that sl- makes a lighted circle, and that flashes green. The process is that simple. Either your phone is messed up, the app is messed up, and that woman cannot help you no matter what. That woman he was yelling at could not help him, so he was frustrated with the scenario, and he's just yelling at somebody just so he could ups- just so he could get his frustration. You know how many days during Owen sixteen I screened those phone calls in there, and people called in just screaming at me, yeah, about the Browns, and I'd go, yeah. "You feel better now?" Yeah, that's he the same would. thing. Owen would do that too. That's all that woman did. That's basically all that woman did. She said, "Thank you very much," and he left. And this other woman was like, "I'm sorry that happened." And she goes, "Happens every day," and I'm sure it does. Um, there what, was. A, go were, ahead. Were the kids when they're walking around? Because I imagine Liz scheduled so much of this. The eating part of this. It was just fuel. Are you just stopping at at, at ran? Is it like Cedar Point or Jogga Lake back in the day? Is um, just stuff is everywhere. You go. Yeah, technically there is. Like, and, yeah. yeah, there was a uh, there was there's hot pretzel stands and yeah. stuff. And again, the weather's hot. You really don't want to eat that. There's but, lines, but they yeah, move. That, yeah, quickly. As quick as you would. So they're good. They got it done. Yeah. yeah, and then there again, there's sit down restaurants, which I guess they're changing because you have to book because it got so crazy. Where you have to book them like eight months out of advance, where they're like, we're not doing this we anymore. Got lucky one time, I didn't know that the last time we went. The <laughs> one that's in like the Patriot Town or what you know where I'm talking about in Magic Kingdom. It's like a, yeah. it's like the 1800s or 1700s, whatever, 1776 in there, and like it's family style dining, and it was us. And my in-laws, so we met up, it's like 10 people, right? And I'm thinking, like, we'll just walk in and get one. And luckily, someone canceled right then, and my 
then brother-in-law was wow. like, can we have that? Oh, you wouldn't and, have been able to go. And we wouldn't, you wouldn't have been, been able, able to do it. And so we got in there. But it was like, come back in two hours and you can have I got to tell you, there is maybe nothing worse right now. And maybe this is a good problem. If this, these are the problems you're having, it's a good problem. There might be nothing worse than when you've committed to going out to eat and you go out to eat and you can't get it anywhere. Right. Which rarely happens. It, it's rarely a thing that happens in Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. or whatever. But you go on vacation and you're away from home right. and you don't have food. Because at least here to you have your home. you have your fallback bar or whatever yeah. that you'll just go. Okay, well, we didn't get into the three or four places that we wanted to go, or the wait was so when, long. When I have been at other cities to cover sporting events, so not a vacation. I mean, I'm I'm working. I need food. I'm exhausted. Down in Daytona, I'll never forget. The, the 18 hour days seemingly to, to try to provide content for all these stations and just change the mic flag, <laughs> change the mic flag. Oh, I'm doing West Virginia now. Oh, I got to get the call That's letters cool. down. Taping that, editing that, getting out and going, I got to eat. And then going in, they're like, oh, you had to have reservations. And I'm like, yeah. what? I'm not going to be able to eat. I can't eat. There's nothing worse. All ours was we made Liz handed me your phone. There was like six different entrees you could choose from. It was chicken sandwich, hit chicken yeah. sandwich. Fries, downed it, gone. I mean, that's as quick <laughs> so as you could possibly do. We are not relaxing here. Did you pack a lunch ever? Or was no. Always... I mean, there were snacks you? and stuff. Yeah, right. they do. They, oh, you bring they water do? and stuff. Yeah, you can yeah. bring all that stuff you want. I mean, if you really wanted to, I don't know if they'll allow you a case yeah. of water, but if you wanted to bring like a, a backpack yeah. hydrator, I guess you could do it. A camel pack? Yeah, yeah. I love that. If you wanted to do that, you could. Um, there was one thing that was bothering me, and I'm going to sound like a very old man here. The amount of the amount of children who run the show really threw me off. Now, people, I've said it enough on the show that people listening to our show know how I am as a father. I, but there are, I think, there are a lot of people who might hear of me and think that I'm jovial, and I am. But as a father, because. Liz does not lay the discipline down. So you got to crack the whip? So I'm the one who has to lay the discipline down. And I'm the enforcer. I'll, all I do is enforce the rules. And you and I both, you and I know each other. You and I know and certainly all know each other very well. And we all have dark senses of humor. And we also have, all three of us have very dark recesses of our mind where, um, Owen was in the armed forces for 12 years, and Lyme and I have dark yeah. parts of our childhood that we can go back to at any time. A kid any day. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and us three were also part of the generation. Now, Owen actually wasn't, you would think Owen, being from Oklahoma, was the uh, generation that we got smacked around. Owen was the th- uh, the, one of the three of us who was uh, not uh, corporal punishment. <laughs> right? I thought oh, you, no. oh, you were? No. I thought you were. were. Oh. oh, wow. Marty's- okay. The name Marty from the leather belt wow. that had his name still there. Oh, yeah. Okay, my He'll bad. I, right I'm now. sorry. I'm, oh, what, was it? What, you know what? Was it Kenny? Maybe I don't oh, think. You know what? You I might have be right. been Kenny yeah, who never remember. got. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so all three of us got it. Yeah, you give me my trauma. All the, oh, all three of us got it, and my kids, like, yeah, they get out of line here and there. And I'm not. Hey, no kids are perfect, and who know? I'm not saying I'm the perfect father. I am not saying that. And I hope I'm not. I hope I don't end up like Bing Crosby someday, where some kid makes a book and tells him <laughs> how horrible I am. But I'm gonna tell you this: like, it is very clear who's in charge at my household. It is Liz, and if you're not in line, you will answer to me about it. 
I've seen you take the calls during, and, the, during and the show. Li- yeah, I've taken it during the show, and Lime has been there, and and especially with the people we were with, I have no qualms. And it, I love Kenny. It's it always starts with uh, so. Why aren't we going to school today? And then fi- it'll be literally like, get your clothes on, you're going to school. Yeah, and then that'll be it. It's as easy as that. It, it immediately changes when they see me. <laughs> today it happened with Eli. Why am I getting a call at my workplace? <laughs> that, e- that one always hits. Liz, call- Liz texts me. Eli won't get dressed for school. And I and and so Liz has me on FaceTime. You were going into a live read, and I walked out of the studio. And Eli has the biggest smile on his face, and he's in like he built a fort in his room, and he's got the biggest smile on his face. And he looks at the phone, and he sees my face, and the 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 face, the smile falls right off the screen and through the floor and goes away. It's John and he Moran's knows friend when the voice he uses, knows he pulls the gun out. Yes, and oh, I go. Boy. Why is your mother calling me at work? I go, I don't want to hear of it. You're going to do as your mother tells you, or you'll deal with me later on this afternoon. And that works. And it that's how it works. Uh, and were, were your kids, did they understand the gravity of Disney can go a lot of bad ways? Yeah. I need you to be. They just, they know I will follow through with whatever punishment I will do. So they were good. Yes. And they it, were good. It but bothers you. Yeah. You had to prep them. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, no. And there were a couple times I got down. Like, I, what time was it? Where were we at? Disney and I, World. Eli, no, Axel said something while we were on vacation and we were leaving mm-hmm. a rest. We were leaving a restaurant and I looked at, I got down in Axel's ear. And I said, I said, we're in front of a lot of people. I got right down in his ear. I go, we're in front of a lot of people. So you know I will do nothing to you right now. But as soon as we get in the car. <laughs> that's, oh, that's we were at Chick-fil-A. That's we were at Chick-fil-A. That's actually We were at Chick-fil-A waiting for, waiting for the house to be ready. We were at Chick-fil-A. We go, it's got a play place. It's great. And Axel talked back to his mother. And I said, I got right down in his ear. I go, you and I both know there's a lot of people around here. So I'm not going to embarrass myself or embarrass your mother or embarrass any of us. But once we get in that car, you're all mine. And he goes, I'm sorry. And I go, don't apologize to me. Apologize to your mother. Because he knows. And I just, that's that all I have to do. That is some psychological warfare. Because he, know, he knows. I'm cra- His childhood, he knows already inherently as a kid. Mm. His childhood is much better than mine. Now, my childhood was fun. But there was also a lot of times where my parents would argue right in front of me. And it was traumatizing and wrong. They shouldn't have done that. I got more on that coming up here in a second because I thought about this while I was down there. I love my parents, but they did not. They were not perfect, and I'm not perfect mm-hmm. by any means. But he knows I'm a crazy person compared to him. And I have a gear that he does not have. He doesn't have it. Okay? And I've worked really hard, so he doesn't have it. But that means that he knows I'm capable of things that he is not. None of the three are. And so if I if I threaten them, I will carry out the threat. And I just saw these kids walk around whacking their parents and doing this stuff. I'm sitting there looking, I go, This is how this is how it goes, huh? And I'm just going, How like you just this is how you because they just want silence in their home. And I'm going, my mind goes to terrible places, and I don't want to be judgmental because I'm going, one, I don't know how my kids are going to turn out. My kids can end up being like the Menendez brothers for all I know. Two, and I, I'll work on it. I'll work on it because they know I love them, but they know I'm crazy. They go into a the next other game thing is, <laughs> The other thing is is that... Whooping it up in the garden, huh? For front row seats. I, I go, are we still in a generation here where I tell my friends who are married and they don't have kids, you do not have to have kids. If you want to just enjoy each other's mm-hmm. company for the rest of your lives together, you go right on ahead and do so. Don't let any... Because I... 
in my parents' generation, there are a lot of secretly unhappy marriages of people who were forced to get married and forced to have children and forced to have many children that they didn't want, that they did not want. And so I do, I do wonder, I go, you know, we're, you got married when you were 40. You've been married twice. So I got married. Times. I one I of my kids. Me, me and Liz were, for a while, we were prepared to have no children. And I was like, ah, oh, let's see how it goes. And then we did not plan on three. It was one, then two, then three. I'm happy with it. Again, I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years talking about this. But the way I see it, I'm going, do you guys just want peace and quiet and think that this is the easiest way to go about it? Because eight-year-olds don't know what's best for themselves. I, I've, I've always stood by it. Children are... Children are precocious on television. They are not smart in real life. My sons, I think my sons are bright, but that's because I'm their dad. I don't think that they're bright in real life. That's why they need me to put the discipline to down. shepherd them. Yes. Uh, how was a ride home? It was horrible. I can't imagine the They ride were home. quiet. They because were beautiful. the fun is over. Yes. You know, we all know going to Vegas that first time or, or you, you've had cruises <laughs> – the excitement level this, of going somewhere, I don't care what age you are, is amazing. The dejected feel when you're coming home from anywhere. Two more points. One on the ride home. The true test of my patience. Liz, I could tell, and I had to think about this, and this is where I'm a much smarter man than what I was 10 years ago. It was a 15-hour drive back. I drove 13 of them hours. Straight. Liz slept. Of the 13 hours I drove, she slept all 13 hours. What? And she was still exhausted. That's amazing. Because she is taking care of all the plans. And she's basically taking care of the plans for the couple that was with us and their kid. Of course. Yeah. And then you're watching all four kids. And I think it just all came to a crashing halt. Yeah. And and I, had to, I just had to white knuckle it. And then you get through West Virginia. And it's all night through West Virginia. West Virginia is a beautiful state. But night through West Virginia, treacherous through seventy-seven, rain, fog, yeah. oh. and it all hit at the oh. same time. And I'm just and she's starting to get car sick a little bit, so it was a little it was a little bit rough. Did you slap your face at all? No, I chewed Did you gum. Tell Liz to slap. I your chewed face? gum. I listened to Coast to Coast AM. I chewed gum, which they had a call. Where did they have a call from? Oh, they had a call from Hudson. No, Kent, Kent. They had a call from a guy named Kent, or from a guy in Kent, Ohio, on Coast to Coast AM. There was a guy filling in though for uh, George Nori, um, and it was uh, he was talking about uh, spirits and ghosts. We're talking aliens or yeah. FBI? No, this was this no was spiritualism. Trails? No chemtrails this time. So that I go, I I could have got very upset because I was very tired, very short tempered at that point. The kids were quiet; they didn't care. They were watching their their iPads, whatever, on the way back. And I just went, she spent a lot of time planning this. She's really tired. We got home. I slept for an hour. I got up because I'm going, I'm not wasting Saturday. She slept till like 3, 4 in the afternoon. Like, that's how tired she was. She Obviously, she needed it because it was the culmination of a year of planning and all that stuff. You could shut her brain down. So I go, okay, there is some personal growth in there. I'm not being taken advantage of. The second thing is, it did hit me. And this is where I did become a little bit emotional when we walked in. And this is where I have a little bit of a difference with my parents. Again, I love my parents, and I, I think they did the best they could. Nobody's perfect, and I'm not perfect, and Liz isn't perfect, and neither are you two. I get that. But I go, I'm glad. I'm glad my parents didn't bring me. I'm actually glad because I go, I am not going to sit here and let anything I do mar any one of the memories that my kids have of this trip. 
Any of them. Even, even the fake memories that my son Jonah thinks he'll have, even though he's too young to have them. Right. Because I'm looking around, I go, this is... This is once in a lifetime, which will probably end up being. To- I'll probably get roped into going back at some point. Go with this us. is a once in a lifetime deal, and I'm looking around. I go, you have people. I mean, Walt. If you think about Walt Disney, was a controversial figure. Okay, throughout his life, he's a different generation. But if you look back on the history, he's a controversial figure, and that's been talked about. I looked at people of all different backgrounds, different countries, all parts of this country. And they were all there for a once-in-a-lifetime or a dream trip. That is something extremely powerful. That they're there. People go to Cedar Point. I don't know if people take a pilgrimage to Cedar Point in Sandusky. They go to have fun, do a good time, get on the roller coasters, same thing. Like, same thing with a lot of other places. This is a pilgrimage. Like, this is our thing once in a lifetime, there will be pictures of this at a calling hour someday for people involved here. That's how big a trip this is. And I respected that. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these people and I'm going, it is so god-awful hot and as much as I love my mother, and it's weird to have these thoughts on Mother's Day weekend, as much as I love my late mother, she was an expert complainer during these uh, these moments. And I remembered we didn't take many vacations, but I remembered vacations in the past, and mom could be a bit much on vacations in the past. And in a lot of memories of the trips to Pennsylvania, the trips to West Virginia, things like that started to pop into my head as I was there. I couldn't believe it. And it, it just it's like, well, okay, I brought my kids here. My kids so are here. Them, I'm going to suck they're, it up. They're going to remember this as the best thing. And I got kind of emotional. I go, I don't know where my, I don't know what my, hopefully they'll have good memories of me someday. Hopefully they'll think highly of me someday. Hopefully I'll think highly of them someday. But damn it, this is going to be something that if they end up going on to be state senator, I don't know if I want to be politicians. If they go on to be doctors and lawyers, or they go on to, to do time at Ohio Penitentiary, they're going to think of this as a good moment in their life with all of us together. Damn it, I'm going to give them this moment. And so that's how much pressure was on, and that's why I was not going to act like a total, everything about me and everything about us as radio hosts and things like that can be very narcissistic, very inward. My whole, I'm an only child. It has been about me my entire life. And I was like, you can't do that. You cannot do that whatsoever. It has to be about them. It has to be about every single other person around you and never about you here. It cannot be about you. That's the pressure that will be on you when you take Izzy. But now you're back home, and get the belt out, because they just started talking out of turn at Target. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.